0: Good morning, it is Danger Dan here in the talk shop on the banks of Rio Palina, here in Patagonia. Today's episode I recorded on a different river, uh, still in Patagonia, but it covers everything from me leaving Santiago, well, everything that I could recount, Santiago to Patagonia. And uh, it's been just incredible, just incredible. The people, the food, the fish, the riding, Uh, I've been challenged, I've dropped a bike, I've not only dropped a bike, but just fucking straight up wrecked the bike, and uh, at this point, everything still works, my fingers, my toes, I do believe my battery is fixing to go out, but guess what, I got another one, so let's get into it. Today's episode is brought to you by MC Shop Tees, just like all the episodes have been. Uh, your only way to support every local motorcycle shop. That's right. You sign up and each month you get a new t-shirt. You can sign up uh, to pay monthly or you can buy a 3, 6, or a 12-month subscription. Um, each month we feature a different motorcycle shop. And do a one-off custom-designed shirt with the fucking sweetest artists that I can find. Uh, each shirt comes with a postcard that tells you about the shops, what they specialize in, where they're located, and how you can get a hold of them. It's a beautiful thing, and uh, it's, it's amazing supporting all the shops and being able to provide a cool product to share with everybody that also... Gets the awareness out about these shops, and you guys get rad t-shirts that are only available through MC Shop Tees. This month's featured shop is... Oh, it's uh, JR Cycle Products out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's right, dude. Uh, He does everything from building choppers to building staircases. uh, Commercial residential fabrication, and then he builds some really fucking sick-ass choppers. Uh, Race bikes as well. He is one of the founders of Mama Tried, which is happening February 17th, 18th, and 19th. That's right. I'll be in Milwaukee when I get back. Uh, I'm shipping the bike to Milwaukee thanks to Harley Davidson, and it will be on display, assuming that the rest of this trip goes as planned. (laughs) I guess I don't want to jump the gun there, but I'm trying to get the bike home after this. I'll be racing Friday night. I got my chopper ready, and then I also have my brakeless 45, man, and it is going to be sick. I'm so stoked about that. Saturday, I'll be doing podcasts all day long with a bunch of rad people like Jake Hines from Prism Supply, Bare Knuckle Paul. I think I got Ray Ripple on board. Randy Detroit's gonna sit down with me, and Brad Richards and little Chris of Harley Davidson. So, I'm pretty excited and I hope you are too. You'll be able to sit down and witness it live. So it'll be a little different than what I'm used to, but I think it's going to be fun. And uh, I invite you all to be a part of this. After mama tried, what's next? I don't have my notes in front of me. I'm sitting on the banks of the Rio Polina. Uh, March, March 4th is sons of speed in Daytona. A bunch of, Old-ass motorcycles turning left on a big-ass track, and it is fucking wild. And if you go to Daytona, you definitely need to be there. Um, When I get back, uh, the Texas Fandango is happening in Fredericksburg, Texas, at the Gillespie County Fairgrounds. And this is a great way to kick things off in the springtime in Texas, dude, especially in the hill country. There's barbecues around every bend and cold beer, you just can't get away from it. It's amazing, dude. The flowers are blooming, dude. It's a, it's a, such a beautiful time. The Fandango is a swap meet, uh, motorcycle races, chopper show, and a big ass fucking campout, and you are not gonna want to miss that. After the Fandango, we got the Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival at Loretta Lynn's Ranch, where you will be able to test ride a Harley Davidson Pan America on the dirt. First time ever being offered. So do not hesitate. Come see me in Tennessee and let's shred these motherfuckers. That place is so beautiful on the road and off the road. I mean, there's even some of the, there's roads that you can take your chopper on that are gravel that are fucking incredible. Um, that are smooth as butter, you know, kind of like the roads down here. They're just, not like the roads down here. <laughs> That's not right. But there have been some amazingly flat gravel roads down here. Most of them are just like deep fucking marbles is what it feels like. But Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival. Go to MotorcyclesAndMusic.com to learn more about this. Um, what's ha- What else is happening? I recorded this podcast on another river and I uh, was at like a fish camp. Come to find out, I should have just gone a couple more turns. I thought I was at the last campsite before I crossed back into Chile. And, um, anyways, we'll get into this podcast and I'll tell you what happened after the podcast in between then and now at the, you know, at the end of the podcast. Right? Uh, who am I leaving out? Oh, dude, I didn't even tell you about some badass shit too. Um, yeah, if you want to support the show, but you've already got too many t-shirts, go to DangerDansTalkShop.com, and there is a Patreon support link. Go there. $5 a month gives you a chance at winning some amazing shit. Like, each month, I give away a $100 gift card to Lowbrow Customs. That's right. Lowbrow Customs. Thanks to Lowbrow Customs, I've got fucking water bottle holders on my bike. Sometimes they they double as wine bottle holders in the evening, On my chopper, I hold gas with them. Uh, Recently, I just got a BDL belt drive from them. This is a new product that they carry, and it's super fucking rad to be able to get that there. Uh, I just put that on my chopper as well as a bunch of wiring kits or wiring as well as new wires. Um, Dude, they they got everything you need for your chopper. If you need something, go to lowbrowcustoms.com. Support people that are doing rad shit, and they are doing just that. And they also carry a bunch of, like, rad, like, American-made shit, like, like lead sled customs, dude. They got fenders. uh, They've got a bunch of badass shit from people all over the country, and they offer a little bit of everything. You can buy the nice American-made shit, or if you, you know, if you're on a fucking tight budget, you can squeal out and buy something cheaper. They've got it all, so lowbrowcustoms.com. Now, as well as Lowbrow Customs Giveaway... Uh, We're going back to Nepal That's right I'm going to give away a trip at the end of the year For every $5 you donate uh, through Patreon This year Your name is going in a big bucket And we're drawing it To see who is going to Nepal Actually I think I don't know that we're going We're giving away a motorcycle Sherpa trip It may not be Nepal this time. It may be Mongolia, which is what I'm pushing for. Uh, If you wanna go back to Nepal with me, just sign up to go this November. I think it's like November 2nd through the 13th. I'll uh, solidify these dates, but it's the first two week trip in November of 2023. Danger Dan is going back to the Himalayas. So get your shit together. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity. Uh, this trip cannot be replicated any other way. I'm telling you, you could you could go over there, you could rent a bike, and you could try to make this happen, but I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. Uh, the way that Bear and Booty have curated the stops, the route, uh, just doing it with a group of people is amazing, and having a crew and a fucking a truck behind you, if you're going to take the time out of your life to travel across the world... This is the way to do it. So go to Danger Dance Talk Shop, go to motorcyclesherpa.com, uh, check it out, sign up. Let's get into this podcast. It's going to work just fine. So, right now, I'm on the banks of a fucking beautiful river, right at the edge, or I mean, right at the border of Chile in Argentina. I'm crossing back into Chile, which is, you know, Rio Futalafu. 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 Futa Fu. Futa Fu. That's some French shit right there, ain't it? Anyways, this fucking river is gorgeous. I already caught, it's, I caught the biggest fish yet out of this river. It's a rainbow. And I know there's some monsters in here. Uh, I I can't wait to get to how I got to this point because it's pretty good. But uh, so, man, that wind is strong. You guys just got to deal with it because that's what I've been doing for days now. I uh, flew into Santiago uh, on January the 3rd. My flight left in the evening. I was sitting right up front, thanks to Randall motherfucking Wiley. I had a small meal. Anyways, I got to uh, Santiago early in the morning, I think 7 or 8, and it was perfect. I caught a cab right there at the airport, straight to the Harley-Davidson dealership. And uh, I brought some things down. You know, obviously I brought my standard gear but grand teton sent me some new tires a new battery a new fuel pump uh new hand grips because the heated hand grips on my bike just haven't worked since i hit that truck which i know isn't much of a shocker at this point but thought if i'm going to go as far south as i'm going to go uh it wouldn't be nice to have some heated hand grips you know if that's an option right and uh, I think they sent me some other shit, but uh, all that is legal to carry on an airplane, except for, I believe the lithium batteries. I saw some lithium batteries uh, signs. Maybe that's for check-in, it's okay. Or maybe for, for non-check luggage, it's not okay. Anyways, I didn't look into it because it was either gonna work or it wasn't. So it, it did work, but there, they did look, so I put all the parts inside the tires um, I still, I, uh, saran wrap. I got like a big roll of saran wrap and I saran wrapped the tires with the parts inside of them. Uh, and just put it in as one of the check-ons and it wasn't a problem. They did unwrap it, which made me think that maybe the battery wasn't going to make it, you know, but it did. I got to the Harley Davidson dealership. They were stoked to see me. Uh, you know, it's a really nice spot. Oh, my God, they got beautiful women working there, too. They got this one lady, too. She just, I swear, she just came in, like, right before lunch and then left after lunch. And she works at, like, I don't even know what she does. But she has, like, a, you know, like, there's the, oh, my God, there's fish just jumping out of the water. You know, there's the normal ladies at work where you, at the cashier booth, I guess you call it. And uh, and then she's got, like, this booth to the side, uh and she's just like dressed up all beautiful uh, i don't know what her job was but so i get there she wasn't there when i got there for the record but she did come back and like hug and kiss all the fucking mechanics which i was like this bitch is so cool you know but i got there and i'm like is the bike ready to go and they're like yeah of course it is and i'm like okay <clears throat> you know you guys have said that before I got tires that we had to put on or can we do that today? And they're like, man, we don't have room today. You'll have to come back in the morning to do it. And I'm like, no problem. I'm just going to go see Wasso at Wasso's Choppers and fucking do it there, you know? But uh, so I'd take off or I pay them. I give them the money and it wasn't, dude, it wasn't near ballbusters. I thought it was going to be, it was only like 380 bucks which you know, they did the, the spark plugs, which I don't even know where two of them are at. Uh, they cleaned the air filter. They, what else did they do? They put on the new throttle sensor, right? Because I fucked that thing up and uh, serviced it, you know? New oils, and oil filter. So anyways, I pay them and I go take it for a spin and I'm like so stoked, you know? And it fucking rode just like it did before. I I mean, I guess not like it did. It rode before I fucked it up completely on the last trip. You know, like it was just losing. The throttle just disappears after a quarter turn. And I'm like, no fucking way. And I told them, I told them if that was the case, there's a fuel pump in the saddlebag. Okay. Put the fuel pump in there. Maybe that, like, that's the only other thing to replace. But they didn't do that. They said it was fixed because I'm sure they didn't take it for a test ride. And if it's just parked there and you rev it up without a load, it you know, it revs to the moon. So I'm sure that the problem was fixed. And they, they just didn't take it for a ride. Or if they did, they didn't like get it up to No, they couldn't have even taken it for a ride. I didn't check the mileage, but there's no way they could have taken it for a ride and not noticed that something else was going on. So anyways, I roll back in there. And they think I'm leaving, and I just start taking the bike apart right there at the, in the front, like on their front patio. And I've got, I think I had taken the tank off, and that's when they came outside and they're like, uh, Excuse me? And I'm like, Yeah, I know. They're like, Just bring it, bring it to the back, you know? I thought they were gonna put me, like, you know, just out of the way of everybody to see that a Harley Davidson is having to be worked on in the front which I get, I mean, that makes total sense. I I wouldn't want that at my dealership either. But they did one better, dude. They cleared me out a whole room, gave me a lift, all the fucking tools I needed. And they were like, here, this is your space. And I was like, sick. So I took it apart. I put, oh, that's another thing Granton sent me was an air cleaner. I put on a brand new air cleaner. And I'm so glad that I had them send that because my old air cleaner, it was clean. They cleaned it, but it was like, had rust, like not holes, but like it was, it was bad. And I fucking showed it to the mechanics, like the old one and the new one. And they were like, yeah, 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 we told them. We told them you needed a new one. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And uh, so I put that on there and then I put a new fuel pump. When I pulled the fuel pump off, I showed them too. I was like, dude, look at this shit. And they just started laughing. I put that new fuel pump on, put the tank back on, put it all back together and took off. And I've been smiling ever since then. Not even going to lie. The craziest thing about that is I had... Now, I brought a brand new fuel pump. But Sean Jackson sent me the fuel pump from the Pan Am he bought to build the FXR Pan Am. So, the entire time I was having throttle issues, I could have pulled the fuel pump out of my saddlebag and put it in the fucking bike and fixed everything. I, I mean but i was just so dead set on you know this the the, uh, the switch on the right the switch in the con- in the uh handlebar controls it went out so i just assumed that the fucking throttle sensor had gone out because i hit that truck but come to find out the throttle sensor quit working when i took it apart and tried to fix it uh what i was trying to fix was the problem caused by the fuel pump and fuel if, I think the fuel pump was probably fine. It was just the filter that was just filled with shit from riding all the way through central. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. Like, uh, like, only because I hit that truck and I had that switch go out. I mean, I hope that's the only reason I didn't think to change the fuel pump or the fuel filter before then. But anyways, I fixed that. I go back in there and I'm like, hey, can I do my tires now? You know, like you got a tire machine here. You know, I got the lift. This is like, you know, I'm going to take complete advantage of the situation here. And But I did ask. I was like, hey, can I go ahead and do the tires? And they're like, yeah, no problem. Dude, I fucking, the first wheel I pull off is the rear one. And before I even pull it off, like I get it up on the lift, put it on the center stand, and I'm, and I'm spinning the rear wheel just looking at stuff just looking at you know everything and my sprocket is like it's just flip flopping around and I'm like fuck all the bolts are tight what is going on here so I grab it with my hand I can just shake it I'm like oh fuck this is not good like not good at all <clears throat> so I pull the wheel off and the fucking bearings are dry as the Fucking Sahara Desert and they're blown out there's fucking oh dude they're just shredded fucking shredded and I'm like oh my god I'm so glad I just caught this because if I would have gone much further I mean the shit would have just all welded together I'm sure so dude luckily they had all the bearings in stock for I guess it's like a, a common bearing for he called it anti-lock brake bearings and you know at that point i don't have the bearing puller tools and i could just start hitting on shit with hammers which is what they ended up doing but uh you know the guys the mechanics they're all working on other shit they just jumped in and started helping me and it was so fucking awesome because you know i'm sure they had other shit to do and i'm sure that other shit they were getting fucking paid for because they only charged me for bearings at this point and uh, they didn't charge me for mounting the tires. They ended up fucking doing all of it. I mean, not just doing it. I was helping them, but they jumped in, and it was it was cool to work with them right there, elbow to elbow. And uh, you know, they were just they were fun. You know, I, I enjoyed the camaraderie there. It's cool because they don't speak a lick of English, and what little Spanish I know doesn't translate as well as you would think down here. Like it. Like the little things that hit back home or in Mexico, they just don't, uh, they just use the words a little bit differently and it fucking, it just makes it really difficult. Um, so to be able to like, you know, have these little goals and, uh, yeah, common interest with the motorcycle and be able to work together without, you know, then when you do something and there's a little bit of excitement because, oh fuck, we got the race out, you know, like uh, it was cool. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot. So they helped me get it all fucking put back together. I got new tires now, new air filter, new fuel filter, new rear bearings. The front bearings were, you know, they, they were not dry as a Sahara desert. Um So I was good, dude. And I finally like was loading up all my shit and I'm like, what the fuck? How come I have so much shit? It's like, the first time I've ever traveled or some shit. I, don't, I just don't know what's going on. I gave them a couple of t-shirts and I still had too much shit. But I got loaded up and I hit up Morrow, And Morrow's the guy that helped me uh, get the tow truck driver to pick me up at the border to get to the dealership in the first place. And he took me on a sweet tour of Santiago last time I was in town. Showed me all the cool bike shops and uh, yeah, super rad dude. But he took me to one shop that stood out specifically, and that was Wasso Choppers. And, you know, I hit him up before I came to town. I was like, hey, I would love to sit down with you and Al- 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 Alavaro. Al- Why do I f- fuck his name up? Alvaro. Alvaro. I think it's Alvaro. Like, hey, I want to sit down with you and Alvaro and record a podcast and talk about the history of, uh, you know, Harley Davidson's. America so that's what we did (laughs) we uh we went to well we met at wasso choppers and it was sick because there was like a bunch of hangarounds out there one of his mechanics was just like working on people's bikes in the parking lot there was fucking choppers there was you know a little bit of everything but just the people there it was like you know it was kind of like their afternoon hang at the end of the day and that's what I picked up on hell You know, who knows what what actually was going on. Oh my gosh, you guys wouldn't believe where I'm sitting right now. So we hang out for a minute and I, you know, it's hard to do a podcast when there's fucking, you know, eight people there. Oh my God, a fucking lunker just jumped out of the water. I mean, like a fucking toaster with eyes, dude. Holy shit. I should be fishing right now, and I'm talking to you, Fox. Um, it's all right. But while I'm there, I'm going to explain to you why I'm not fishing. Because, and this is a fucking, I don't think they do this on purpose, but on the banks of this fish camp that I'm at, there's like 20 yards of grass, okay? Like c- seagrass, right? Where the fucking, the current isn't strong enough to wash that shit away. It's a big river. I mean it's probably it's probably a hundred yards wide. Damn, it's a it's a really big river. But on the banks that I'm on, the bank that I'm on, it's got this grass. So you gotta first off you gotta cast this fly on a fucking string without a weight about 20 to 30 yards out there, which isn't difficult to do, but with the wind you got kicking, it is fucking difficult. And then on top of that, as soon as you hook the fish, they dive straight down into that grass. How do I know? Because I've done this before. But I did find one spot where the grass isn't that bad, and uh, I caught the biggest fish so far. But it's just a really difficult spot to fish. So it costs like $100 to rent a boat, and it costs like $200 to have a guide take you out in the boat. And these boats are like, like... They're big. Like, I don't know how I would do the boat and fish at the same time without just, you know, doing the, I, I don't know. Anyhow. So I hang out with all the dudes, all Wasso's friends, super cool cats, and uh, then me, me and Al, Alvaro, why do I want to do that again? Alvaro and Mauro sit down and we talk motorcycles, and... Alvaro's dad is like, I mean, I'm drinking, I got right now, I'm drinking a coffee mug with him on it. He's a bad motherfucker. And the stories he told me about his dad after the podcast, like, I don't know why I don't just, I mean, maybe I should have just said, Hey, tell me some stories about your dad. Uh, I, I don't know why I didn't do that, but later on he fucking did. And his dad is a bad motherfucker. Um, it, yeah, and he. It it was really cool to sit down with a lot. Lar- oh, fuck, Alvaro, Alvaro, Alvaro. And uh, we ended up staying up to like fucking three o'clock. Before we ended up ordering Burger King or some some burger. I think it was Burger King. But we had a lot of fun. We drank all the beers that he had, and then he started, he was like, oh, man, you got to drink some Pisco with me. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Oh, my God, there goes another fucking toaster with eyes. You fucking sons of bitches. Um... Yeah, we stayed up late, we went hard. He wanted to, he wanted me to come stay at his house, and I was like, no, sir, I'm not fucking riding my bike anywhere, I'm sleeping right next to it. And he was like, okay, and then he takes me upstairs, he's got like a room and a, like a bed upstairs, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm sleeping next to my motorcycle. I mean, it was caged in, it's not like I, I could have gone upstairs, but whatever, I wanted to sleep on my bike, and I did. And uh, I woke up the next morning and took off. Now the Danger Dan American Highway, right? One of the roads I picked out was the road I got to hit that morning. And it was cool because lots of things, but one of them being, I didn't get to ride that road on the way to Santiago. Like I had a, I was in a truck and it's called Los Libertades, right? And it's it's this crazy, just, it's just a bunch of switchbacks. like. The only reason it makes the most dangerous roads list is because you can take a cool picture of it, right? And there's a bunch of turns. Now, I, that being said, I'm sure that some fucked up shit happens, especially like when it gets cold. It's, it's, it's really high up in the mountains. Um, you know, there's a... At one point, you're going... There's ski lift chairs, which I, I don't know exactly how that works. When you see the road, it's like... It's just a bunch of figure eights, and then somehow you're going underneath ski lifts. Like, I don't know how you get to the point to get on the ski lift. I mean, maybe the road just shuts down completely in the wintertime. That's probably what happens. But that was the first road of this trip was Las Libertades. And it was amazing. Uh, I mean, dangerous. Uh, I mean, I... I did have one really close call where I was passing somebody because they weren't going fast enough. And, I, you know, the, there's not a lot of space in between turns to pass them. I did pass two people on a turn, uh, which, you know, nothing too exciting. Now, that road itself, though, it's like uh, it's not blacktop. It's concrete. So it's a bunch of concrete sections, and those sections are all like, you know, pitted out from the weather. So it is kind of sketchy like hitting a, one of those 180, 180 degree turns really fast with, you know, you're like going over sections of concrete where they come to where they butt together. There's just giant cracks missing. But I passed, <clears throat> I think it was a car on a straightaway. And then coming into that next 180 degree turn, I was going pretty fast, right? And there was like a dude on a KTM or a BMW, like off to the side, taking pictures or whatever he was doing, but he caught my eye and I'm like, check out my Harley motherfucker. Look how low it can lean. And I swear that had to be the corner with the most fucked up concrete cracks in it on the whole fucking road. Uh, But I did, you know, that was, that was sketchy. But once I got to the top, there's two ways you can go. And I saw this on the way in. You can go through a tunnel. And the way that they do this border, you don't stop in Chile and, like, exit Chile and then go to Argentina and enter Chile. And I I mean that by, like, you don't have your passport stamped on the Chile side and then go to the Argentina side and have your passport stamped or, you know, do the vehicle stuff on either side. So... That's really awesome, but you can go the tunnel route or you can go up this fucking, it's like the Tierra Las Libertades. It's the same fucking switchback shit, except for it's dirt. And it climbs up to this fucking tallest point and it's like a giant statue of, stee- of stee-zus, steezus Jesus. And uh, somehow there's a bunch of like, like off-road, buses up there. i would never seen nothing like it. And uh, tourists everywhere. There was like hot coffee and, you know, trinkets and shit. I got my picture taken. It was awesome. It was really fucking awesome. And it started like on the way up, it started getting cold and then it started like sprinkling. And at one section during all the switchbacks, there was a road off to the right side of the switchbacks that just went straight up. And I'm like, Oh, it doesn't look that steep. I can, you know, that road's there for me. And I fucking take off. And there's like this weird like hump and turn right at the bottom where I lost a bunch of momentum. And I just gun it. And then I get maybe three quarters of the way up. And my wheels are spinning and I'm sliding backwards. It was fucked up. But uh, somehow I was able to maneuver that motorcycle 180 degrees and ride back down and take the switchbacks up like I was supposed to. And it was really fucking sweet and then it just started dumping snow at the top I mean at one point it was like you could not see it was dumping so hard and I mean yeah you could see but it was dumping and it was so awesome to be up there and then I take off I go down on the other side and the fucking road was amazing it's so sick and then I get to like the the custom side of Argentina where you check out of Chile and check into Argentina and it was a fucking process. There's like a giant line and but anyways, nothing, you know, it, it all went smoothly. It just took a while. And I think, I don't know. There's probably like another 90, 120 miles to get to Mendoza. And in Mendoza, it, that's where, uh, Facundo and Augusto live, and those are the two brothers that helped me get my bike from the breakdown point to the border of Santiago. And it was sick. Rolling up on Facundo's house, he was so stoked. Uh, his brother showed up later that night. Now, his brother um, is, a, is a actually, they're both racers, um, but his brother's never ridden on the road before. Like, literally has never ridden a plated bike until I came last time since I came since I met him he borrowed a bike he borrowed his brother's bike and took it on a trip just to like familiarize himself with it and then he borrowed a bike from his brother's friend for this to ride with me for a couple of days and uh you know those two dudes were stoked uh Augusto he raced the Baja 1000 by himself dude the whole fucking 1000 by himself completed it and he's training to race the Dakar okay his the his neighbor that he trains with for the whole like that he just trains with all year long was currently in like 20th place at the Dakar in Saudi Arabia, okay? Now all this being said, these guys want to ride south with me. You know, they've got like a a rental property at a ski mountain, and they're like, "Dude, just we'll roll down there with you and stay the night there, and then we'll come back and you keep going." And I'm like, "Sure." So, I roll up on Facundo's house, the older brother. Facundo starts talking about how you know, how excited he is first and foremost. And we talk about the families and everybody's good. And and he goes, yeah, I have another brother in Miami and me, him and Augusto are gonna race the Baja 1000 next year. And I'm like, you know, that's sick, sick. This is, you know, I love it. Well, while we're talking about that, I start thinking about like these motherfuckers, I'm fixing to follow these two desert racers south we're not going to take like the 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 ruta 40 you know that everybody else is on like this is their backyard but you know they're on klr 650 so you know what (laughs) how much yeah you know oh my gosh okay so the morning comes. We load up. It was, a, it was a late morning. They had to take care of some shit. It was Friday. Friday about noon was when we left. And those motherfuckers just start gearing up. I mean, they're gearing up like we're going to the fucking the dirt bike trails, dude. And the full fucking Tech 11s or, you know, moto boots and gear, like, knee pads, fucking arm pads i mean they got all the gear on and i'm like oh my gosh hey guys guys i'm wearing a pair of pants and a fucking canvas vest dude and some like boots you know no i didn't say anything i'm just like excited they're so fucking stoked and it's cool to see augusto like getting ready for his first little overnighter you know and uh He's only got a backpack. That's it. That's all he's got. Backpack with water in it, and some like extra underwears or something. And Augusto's got a a watertight bag that he strapped to the cargo rack on the back of his bike. And we take off. And like the first, I don't know, first 100 mile stretch or whatever. Not even that was on pavement. It was just down Ruta Cuarenta. And then they were like, "All right." We get to this town called Malarway, and they're like, this is where shit gets good. And I'm like, awesome. We stop at this gas station, and there's like, I swear to you, there's like 20 to 30 or 40 fucking side-by-sides. Like, like decked out racing side-by-sides. Everybody's got like sponsors, like race team sponsored shirts on. Like, it's not a race going on, but you can tell that these are like serious enthusiasts, right, and uh, they kept saying, You know, all right. This is when we get to the dirt. And I kept thinking, like, you know, they're saying tierra, okay? I know what tierra. Tierra means like earth, okay? Means I mean I use it as dirt in Mexico. Like when I would talk to my uh, my Mexican employees, I would we would talk about dirt as tierra. But they're saying this, and I'm like, I think I think they're talking about sand. You know? I think they're talking about fucking sand. And they were. We get off the fucking road. And I swear to you. Augusto. Okay, on the road. Let's, let's talk about that. Because Augusto, this is the first time on the road. He, he is like, if the car shows up anywhere, he just like backs up. You know, like we're waiting on him most of the time. You know, I'm just like stuck on Facundo's tail. And Augusto. You know, the fucking car, I wouldn't, they weren't freaking out, but like, you know, think about your first time on the, like, cars are, if you've never ridden anything but trails where there's no fucking trucks, uh, I can see how you'd be a little bit timid. I mean, I'm timid sometimes as well, and it's it also reflects on my thought about all the guys that I used to ride dirt bikes with growing up. None of them have street bikes, and I can... it's why it's like when you go from just only having to worry about yourself on the dirt and you still wreck all the time why the fuck would you want to ride on the road you know you just think that you're going to wreck all the time and there's cars out there to wreck with so he was a little timid at first but as soon as we hit that fucking first now I'm going to call it a dirt road but it was that's not what I call dirt That's what I call fucking sand and rocks, okay? But Augusto just literally takes off. I mean, he fucking, like, totally different person. Totally different person. And right; he's right there with him. The only reason he's holding back is to, like, I think he just wants to come, you know, be in the rear. You know, make sure that I get through. But that doesn't last long either. He finally just passes me. But do I swear... This road we're on, it was now given, it was a nice sand and rock road to start with. To start with, it was real nice. It was, uh, it was loose enough to where it wasn't real bumpy, right? But it wasn't so loose that you're like riding on the beach or something. But it just wasn't consistent. Like the further we got away from Malarway, the, the consistency of the road was just not consistent at all you know it's just like you'd have a section where it was like fucking hard pack with a little bit of sand and a little bitty pebbles and you could fucking haul ass and then it would be big pebbles and deep sand like just just like that and you know i i have trouble not going fast when you can go fast but slowing down when it's, you know, and it's crazy because the sand is really easy when you're going not really easy. Okay. The sand is so much easier when you're going fast. The problem is is when you go from not deep sand to deep sand and you're going really fast, slowing down to like a, like a manageable speed only makes things worse. And I just freak out, you know, like as soon as well, at first, I didn't realize we'd gotten to deep sand until I, like, slowed down to look at something. And as soon as the engine brake, dude, the whole fucking bike just... Just fucking speed wobble big time. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I'm going way too fast to... Like, I'm going way too fast to have, a, like, a problem like that. Like, that's... You know, so I take her back a little bit and you know the road feels good after a while and I take off again you know and, and we did this for like I think it was almost 200 kilometers well it it got way more intense than that but we were off road for 200 kilometers and I remember one section just fucking you know now I'm probably 40 50 that's where I'm trying to keep it uh even when it feels good because I know that it just it gets really fucking deep every once in a while. But still, that's that's hauling fucking ass and deep sand. And all I could think about was like videos I've seen of people in, in Patagonia. Not that we're in Patagonia yet, but like where they're just like on what looks to be a gravel road, but the gravel moves like marbles on fucking a pool table or something. You know, they just it's just a mess. But it was really fucking sick. And we. We hauled us down the, I mean, these roads were really straight for a long time. And then they started hitting these arroyos and dropping down into these canyons. There was river crossing, some with bridges, some without. And it was fucking beautiful. And then we climbed like up and over this giant fucking mountain ridge. And it was, it was just, it was incredible. I mean, it really was incredible. I was like, dude, we gotta stop. I gotta pull the drone out. We gotta fucking get this, you know? And I'm like thinking, all right, cool. We're gonna get some video. I'm gonna get some video of you guys and you guys can get some video of me. And that's not what happened. I got some video of them. And then we went a little further and then I wrecked and broke the only cable I had to plug my phone into my drone set <laughs> Oh man. But I think I laid the bike down three times that day. The first time was like, we, we ended up on like a, I mean, it was like, a, it was one of those, like farm roads back in Texas where like, the grass is green as fuck right down the middle. There's, you know, two truck tire lanes and it just doesn't get driven that much and the grass grows everywhere else. But it was deep sand, it was crazy. Uh, and then it crosses this river and then comes up this other side and it goes from like deep sand to really fucking deep dry sand, like just out of that, like maybe, I don't know, a hundred yards. And then it goes into these switchbacks and it was just like rock switchbacks. It was like the sand was gone and it was just a bunch of rocks. And I don't even know how I laid it down. I think, fuck, I don't know. I just laid it down, but where I laid it down it was laying downhill, and it was so fucking difficult to pick up. I ended up having to load it, unload the bike, unload my my top bag, my Wolf Wolfman dry pack on the top, and like spin, just slide the bike around on its side. All I'm doing is like making sure the tank's not on the ground, and just and by the time I decided to like spin it around, I'd already tried to lift it up like fucking ten times and was just dead. And Right before I did this, I passed Facundo. Augusto's way gone. But I passed Facundo, and I'm like, he's gonna be here any minute. He's gonna be here any minute, we're gonna pick this thing up. Well, he never showed up. And I literally passed him, like, right at the bottom of that arroyo. And so I'm like, what the fuck? Finally, I spin it around, I get it picked up, and I go back down there. Then I realized I have to, like, do a fucking U-turn in this deep-ass sand, almost fucking got stuck, in, dropped it again and I finally I'm just like all right I see what happened they like they did one of these fucking hill climbs instead of going up the switchbacks that I did they went up this fucking hill climb so cool so I take off and now I'm like trying to catch them I'm sure they think that I'm up ahead dude that that road was so fucking it was so sick it was just out in the middle of nothing and it didn't look like anything or anybody had been on that fucking trail in a long time and it was beautiful. Finally, I see Facundo. He had turned around. Once he caught up to Augusto and saw I wasn't with him, was like, fuck, he's behind us, you know. Anyways, we get it all back together, and and then we get back to the, I think we got back to the 40, and took off, took off of the 40, and this road that goes to this ski village where they have an apartment at, or it's like a condo, was so fucking sick. It was like fresh black pavement, and just turns turn like sweeping turn like every kind of fucking turn. It wasn't just switchbacks. It was like it was sick. And Facundo just took off and I just stayed glued to his ass. Augusto back on the pavement, he was just like you know not really sure about things, I guess. Well, I mean, fuck. If you have ridden on the pavement, you haven't ridden on the pavement. So but it was cool, we get to this ski village at the top, and it's a fucking ghost town. Never seen anything like it. I mean, every ski village I've ever been to in the summertime is damn near as crowded during the, or been to the, yeah, in the summertime is damn near as crowded as it is during the winter time. This one is not that, it's like, it's a ghost town. So this apartment that they have is like a, you know, it's a rental. They rent it all winter long, and. They use it when they want to come ride their dirt bikes, I guess. And uh, we had to eat. We had to eat at a cafeteria where the employees eat. And it, you know, don't get me wrong. It was actually we had a really good fucking sandwich, which is like the sandwich that you eat in Argentina. It's like a. It's so sad I can't even say the food that I've been eating almost every day. Nisa, but uh, we did that, we fucking slept good, we got showers and uh, the next day we had a couple options and I was like, you know, obviously most of the time I want the extreme option, but like, let me hear y'all's version of extreme. Like, are we going to be in deep fucking sand again? I mean, I dropped my bike three fucking times today and nah fuck it let's do the extreme one and we did and it was so fucking sick once again just fucking climbing mountains on trails and roads that you know i would never just never would have just stumbled upon uh it was it was incredible i mean it was incredible and then we get down we get back to the ruta 40 And uh, Augusto wants to go home and Facundo's like, I know a spot we can camp up here with some hot springs. And I'm like, fucking send it, let's go dude. And it was right on the border, like right once again, it was right on the border of uh, Argentina and Chile. Like you had to go through the exit process on the Argentinian side just to no, you didn't have to exit, but you had to like stop and tell them, hey, we're just gonna go up here, and then I'm coming back. And uh, dude, this fucking hot springs. First off, the road was so fucking sick. We passed it. We were halt. We went like fucking 30 miles, but we went right to the Chilean border, uh, which is crazy. I know to hear that you exit Argentina like well before you get to the border, but it was so fucking sick and. And we were just fucking hauling ass. It was, like, right at sunset, which was, like, the sunset, it takes so long. Like, it's, right now, I can see all of the sun, and it's 9 o'clock. And it's, the only reason I'm fixing to, like, only be able to see part of it is it's going to duck down a mountain behind me. But, uh, dude, the road was so fucking sick. And once again, we're hauling ass. And, uh. We ended up passing it because of the. A giant herd of goats was blocking the sign and the road that we were supposed to to go down. Which I thought was pretty fucking hilarious. And, uh, but we get to this place and it's like down a dirt road for probably, I don't know, five or six miles. And we pull up on this fucking spot. And it's like pulling up to a fucking, like, a music fest. There's a giant field with, like, I don't know, 50, 60, 100 fucking tents and campers and all this shit. And then there's, like, some little cut cabins and these fucking pools that they built these rocks with. of All this, there's, like, I don't know, I think there's eight or nine different pools. And they weren't huge. They were, like, big, oversized hot tubs. Like, commercial hot tubs, and, you know, there's a restaurant, bar, I'm like, hey, he was like, what do you want to do, you want to camp, you want to get a cabin, and I'm like, you know, you don't have any camping here, and, you know, go see what the price is on everything, so you don't have to spoon with me in my tent, like, we're, we're in the fucking altitude, like, it's going to be cold, and he goes in there, and it's like, 3,000 fucking, or 4,000 pesos to use the hot tub, and stay in a cabana, and I'm like, that's like, $11, <laughs> get us a fucking cabana. And uh, he did, and dude, we immediately got our shit off and jumped in the fucking, the hot springs. There was a cold river right next to it. In the first one we got in, they said was 50 degrees Celsius, which I don't know exactly what that translates to, but I'll tell you that it translates to exactly too fucking hot to get in okay it was way too fucking hot and there was a reason there was nobody in there but uh we got another one and uh met some dudes that were out there for a bachelor party and just broing it up and uh, we talked with them for a little bit and then they left and then we had this fucking huge rock fucking hot tub to ourselves and we we smoked some cigars that i brought from nicaragua and drank some beers cracked a bottle of wine i mean it was the most bromantic moment ever man facundo thank you so much for that that was awesome especially after picking my bike up so many times the past couple days and like you know it it was it's a lot to get a fucking giant Harley, with all your shit on it, up and down some sand arroyos, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, but I was so stoked I did it with them, and uh, no way I could have done it without them. Uh, would have just been lost, really, for, sh- for sure, actually, but uh, we did that, oh, and, you know, we hung out with those guys a little bit after we got out that evening, and, uh, and I saw a little bit of this when I was here last, and it's the matcha tea and matcha it's like mate m-a-t-a in America you can buy yerba mate drinks right well this mate is like a full experience or like a community um a community ritual if you will where somebody called the sabador whoever that may be is the guy with the like a, I mean, they use just like a canister of hot water, like a Coleman fucking thermos, and then you have this cup, this fancy-looking cup, that they fill up with mate leaves, and then they have a straw that goes into it, like a metal one, and you fill the thing up with leaves, and then you pour the hot water on it, And then the sabador, who's like the the operator of the proceedings, you know, takes care of the the grass and the water and the and the cup and passes it to everybody, and everybody just. You know, you pour the water in, you, or the Sabador pours it in. You pass it to somebody, you drink all the fucking water, and you pass it back to them. But I, they, they schooled me on, like, the ritualness of it. And they were, like, telling me how there's a bunch of different rituals. Like, of course, they give it to me. I drink it. It's great. I pass it back to them. I say thank you. And they're like, oh, my God, you said thank you. Now that's, oh, now it means it's over. Like, you have to stop when somebody says thank you. And I'm like, well, fuck. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, dude. So there's a, there's some guys across this river. Now I'm sure you can just, you obviously just take it. But if you live over here, it's easy to cross the river. But I don't. There's no roads over there, like whatsoever. Hmm, it's interesting. But uh, that was cool. It was cool, like, you know, communicating with them and learning more about that you know, that little ritual. I mean, it's kind of like one of my favorite things about weed was like sitting in a circle and smoking a joint with some friends, you know, and like passing it around and sharing it. And that's one thing that like, uh, that goes deep within their culture is just like the sharing aspect and like efficiency of everything. Really like, you know you don't you can't just buy a cup of wine they sell you a fucking bottle uh like when i was you know like it's uh you know i ran into some bikers some uh adventure bikers and they invited me to go to lunch with them and they just like ordered stuff for everybody you know like it's uh just kind of the way they do it you know they they just share with each other they order a bottle of wine and just pass it around and instead of like each person waiting on their individual drink, they all share something together. And, uh, you know, the more I'm <clears throat> down here, the more I'm aware of that or uh, see it in, you know, all the ways of their, their life and the way they exist together. <clears throat> and it's a beautiful thing. So the next morning, <clears throat> uh, what happens? Oh yeah, Facundo's, he's going home. He's got a long shot home. I go to Malarway, which is that (coughs) city. I go and go back up there with them because I need gas and that's the fucking closest gas stop. And it's like one of the bigger towns and I'm hoping to get some things done. So I get like a little hostel. I was like having trouble getting money. My fucking PayPal card is still broken, even worse than before. And then I guess some charges got flagged on my other card. It was a shit show of some things happening, but and I should have just brought fucking cash. Really, is what it comes down to. Uh, but I, I fucked up and didn't do that. And uh, but I figured that all out. But it took me a while. So I went to Malawi. I think we got there like noon or something. You know, like we didn't get our quote-unquote free breakfast with the yeah. That's another thing. The Cabanas came with a breakfast. For like four thousand bucks, it costs a thousand pesos just to uh, just to use the hot tubs or the hot springs. So for four thousand, we got a cabana, free breakfast, and we got cabana, free breakfast and the hot tub experience. Hot spring. It was beautiful. I mean, it really was. So, yeah, I got to Malarway, got my shit situated, and stayed at a hostel. I recorded. Well, that's what I did, is I put out a podcast. Oh, and I was having crazy computer issues coupled with them having, like, a gnarly storm and like, The whole fucking city blacked out of electricity. Yeah, it was a trip. So I left Malarway the next day, which was, I guess, Monday? What's today? Today is Wednesday or Thursday? Today's Thursday, wow. A lot's happened since then. Oh my gosh. So from there, I got on the 40 and there was a couple options. I could go back to where we came from and go down like the main road to get to that entrance to Chile or I could just make some miles and go south. So I just got on 40 and made some miles. Now, come to find out, making miles on the 40, more fucking shit. There is a section of like, I think it was 73 kilometers, 70 something kilometers of like, the loosest gnarliest fucking gravel ever and dude and then i get to one spot like where there was this gnarly slick ass mud that it was so bad that before i got to it somebody in a car pulled me over like literally waved me down to tell me to stop and not go any further because i wasn't going to make it on a motorcycle which that was very nice of him. First and foremost. That was very nice of him to think that he needed to, you know, let me know that it's gonna be fucking gnarly up ahead. But I went ahead and it was fucking gnarly. He was he was not wrong at all, but I made it through, no problem. And then um Yeah, I just fucking went south for a while. I'm trying to think of what yeah, I guess the road just like got bad. Oh, I had, that's when I ran into those fucking adventure bike guys. Right. And they were, they were having all sorts of like small issues with what they had going on, but they lined me out on some ways to go. And I went on like this crazy fucking road that goes parallel to 40, but it's like up in the mountains, almost ran out of gas, but it was worth it. It was like, it was just sick. And the next big town was San Martin de los Andes, which I, you know, heard multiple people talk about, oh, de los Andes is fucking good, and oh my god, they were right, that shit was fucking incredible, uh, San Martin de los Andes was like, uh, I don't even know what to compare it to, uh, kind of reminded me of, like, Aspen or something, or veil or just like a really nice fill. but it was a bigger than both of those probably at least it seemed pretty big and it was like set right on this lake called Cita uh, Lagos maybe and uh oh my gosh so on the way into town I need to get I get to that San I get just outside of San Martín de los Andes and I'm like fuck. This. I'm getting into like the fly fishing zone, right? Like, up until then, I hadn't really hadn't been in any fishing zone except for like, or at least that I'm aware of. Besides like, when I was back in like the Amazon, you know, like there's definitely some fishing opportunities there, uh, but I didn't didn't look at them. But Patagonia, I knew I knew there was gonna be some fly fishing. And I wanted to get some flies, you know, from you know from you know local spot. I'm not trying to like bring the flies from the Rocky Mountains to the Andes. so I, I'm looking for that. I find a gas station, and this dude pulls up on like a uh, it's a 300 cc Yamaha, I think is what it is. And, you know, we start talking. He speaks pretty good fucking English. And uh, and he goes on to tell me, he's like, yeah, I'm with a group of like 12 guys. And uh, one of them's on a sportster. And he's from, he's from Arizona. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, yeah, his name's Troy Bessinger. Okay, okay. So I was like, all right, I'm, oh yeah. And another thing is the, Fucking line to get gas was incredible, dude. So this area is so nice. It is like Vail or Aspen, and it's their fucking holiday. And this is where everybody fucking goes on vacation is this area that I am in. Just not specifically this campground, which I don't know why. It's fucking sick. But we start talking, he's like, yeah, there's 12 of us. We're working on a bike right now, and we're gonna be staying somewhere south of here at a campsite. So I'm like, cool. And then he just leaves. I'm like, okay, it was nice meeting you. And uh, maybe I'll run into you again. And sure enough, dude, I'm like rolling through the town. And like right at the end of the town, there's like this fucking sick-ass area on this giant lake. It's fucking beautiful. And I see a bunch of bikes loaded, loaded to go, dude. Like all different types. And then bam, there's a fucking Sportster. And, and not only that, as I was seeing all these bikes, there's a kid on, like, a fucking step-through Honda scooter. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. And he's got a pack on the back of it that probably weighs twice as much as the scooter. So much so that when we were all parked on the sidewalk, his bike blew over. Now, the wind thing is for real. Like, I I was warned that the wind down here was serious, but... um. Uh, it's, it's really fucking serious. So anyways, I see all those bikes, and I fucking pull over, I park next to them. The first guy that I start talking to is a guy named Casco. Now Casco, as I found out, Casco is a bad motherfucker, okay? This dude, he he's from like, uh, I think somewhere in Argentina. He rode up, he did a big loop of South America. And rode up through Peru and Ecuador, and when he got to fucking Colombia, he put his fucking shit on a boat. It was in on a boat for, I think he said, twenty-eight days going through the fucking Amazon. They left him for two days in Manis, which is like the most dangerous. Like it's on, it's marked on my map as like one of the most dangerous fucking places you can go in South America. And dropped him off there for two days. Uh, Finally, he caught another boat. dude. He was living off fucking like chicken foot soup and chicken neck soup. I mean, this dude is a fucking writer. And uh, it was cool because this this whole crew of guys is like, you know, it's like running into the fucking Stampeders of South America. It was fucking sick. So among them, uh, so the guy that I talked to at the gas station, he shows up. He's like, oh, yeah, you got to meet your boy, Troy. So. We start talking, and like, Troy... Now, there's another guy named Nico that has the sports term. I'm like, oh, it's not Troy's. They're like, no, Troy's over here on this other thing, and Nico's on the sports term. I'm like, sick. So finally, Troy shows up. And Troy's like this fucking gremlin-looking old dude with his fucking overalls on, just smiling ear to ear. As soon as he starts talking, I get excited, you know? Like, I fucking love hearing that, you know, comforting voice. And... Uh, You know we start bullshitting, he starts telling me about Casco and Nico and and how he met Nico. Nico from Argentina, a fucking a goddamn legend in Argentina, flew, he had a he had a Honda Shadow that he rode around for a long time. And he fucking sold it for, I think, 10 grand. He sold it for 10 grand and he fucking flew to Miami and bought a sportster. Okay? He bought a Sportster Miami and then rode it to Key West. And that's where he met Troy. Now, he tells Troy, yeah, man, I just bought this bike, and I'm going to ride it to Alaska, Purdue Bay, and then back down to Ushuaia. And he's like, no fucking way. Let's go. I got people all the way there. So they fucking roll. He roll Troy rolls part of the way with them. Nico goes all the way to Alaska and then rides his bike all the way back to Argentina. Now, he tried to go to Ushuaia and something happened. He had to turn around. So now, this is like the voyage. Like, he's got his boys and they're fucking going to Ushuaia to like, you know, finish out this journey of him on his fucking Harley Davidson, which is so sick. And everybody in that group is so fucking stoked and like, you know. It was such a cool group of guys to run into. So immediately I'm like, Troy, we got to fucking record a podcast. Like, I should have just made fucking Nico and Casco and those guys, like, muscle through one. But it would have just been tough. And I know that, you know, it's tough communicating without knowing that you're being recorded when you can't speak the native language. But who knows? I might get Nico. Nico could probably do it. But I recorded a podcast with Troy. And we went to a campground that night, fucking cook hot dogs, and, like, it was so fucking sick. But the next morning, I'm like, all right, fellas, I, you know, you guys got 12 bikes. The 50cc guy, he he went off on his own. But, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, I love you guys, but I'm going to take off on my own. And I took off. I started getting into the fishing zones. Oh, I did find some flies, by the way. A meat, or Actually, I caught fish at the campground that night. The first fucking... The very first fucking cast, I put a fly on the water, I got a hit. I was like, you have got to be shitting me. Because when I finally found the fly shop to like ask somebody what I should fish with, it was this old lady and she was not fucking sharing anything with somebody who can't speak her language. So I just picked out some, thi- really what I did was I picked out flies <clears throat> that look like the flies, that look like just fucking flies that you're, you know, you're used to seeing, just fucking flies. like. Not like fishing flies, but like literally the fly that lands on you all the time. I just picked some out that looked like that. Little black things with a couple colors on them. And it worked. And when I told them I was going to catch fish out of this river, they're like, there's no fucking fish in there. I'm like, bull fucking shit. There ain't no fish in there. Are you fucking crazy? I pulled out my pole. Bam. It wasn't fucking minutes later, I had a fucking four inch trout in my hand. I was stoked. I was fucking stoked. But, uh. And we camped on this lake with this incredible view. I mean it was it was outstanding. But the next morning we take off, they go their way, I go my way, and uh, let's see, where was that? That was in San Martin de los Andes, and the in the next oh the next place I wanted to go to was this place called Villa Traful. And holy shit, it's like off of 40. It's this crazy dirt, dusty road that pops out on this fucking giant lake, Laga Traful. And it was so fucking beautiful. But the gas station there uh, was closed down for an hour. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, I'm just going to like take my chances. And luckily, I made it. I didn't run out of gas. But the next town after that was called Via La Angustoro. Now, that fucking place was beautiful. Holy shit. But when I got to the gas station there, it was like fucking, I mean, there was 20 cars at least. And a couple of groups of bikes in front of me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no, I don't, hey, I don't need no cats around here. Back up, kitty. But Villa Angustora was fucking beautiful. And then the road, 40, just like wraps around this giant lake called Lago Nahalahapa. And then I get to this town called Dina Huape, which is like the fly fishing fucking capital of the area. And I didn't see one fucking fly shop anywhere. So I rode through there and I went to the town of Bariloche. Now, if you listened to the last podcast, I talked about um, Hitler possibly having a house there. Like there's some conspiracy theories about, you know, Hitler escaping with the help of, you know, some people in black suits and living out his life down here. Now, I found the fucking house. And I know how I fucked up this sounds like, oh, you know, why would you want to go look at Hitler's house? I'm like, I just like the idea of conspiracies. And that's a pretty gnarly conspiracy. Uh, But it was, I mean, supposedly he had like a fucking compound. And... It was all blocked off, but you could see, like, the roofs from the tr- from the road. You know, is it true? Fuck, I don't know. But uh, I ended up getting a hotel in Bariloche, San Carlos de Bariloche. And it took me, like, I, th- I think it was 10 tries. I'm telling you, everybody's on vacation and all these places are filled up. But I needed to specifically charge my... Uh, what do you call it? My jumper pack, because my my battery's starting to act up. But now you know they the Grand Teton sent me a, a brand new battery, but I didn't put it on because I didn't need it. I figure might as well get all the life out of this other one. But that being said, if I had to put on the new battery and then it doesn't have enough to bust it off because it's been sitting, I need that jump pack. But. And I charged up some other things and I got the cable to plug my drone in and to plug my phone back into my bike. Uh, You know, I think that's the probably the last bigger town I'm going to see for a while. And I took off from there and I was looking for, uh, you know, the next spot was crossing into Chile. uh, So I could do Route 7, which is like kind of like Route the Cuarenta to them or Route 66 to them. And, you know, 40 today was beautiful. I mean, it was fucking beautiful. I stopped in this crazy river that was, like, the most beautiful blue you've ever seen and caught another couple of small fish. They've all been, like, rainbow, but the fish today were, like, rainbow trout with, like, dark black dots all over their back. Really beautiful. And uh, so I get down to the spot on 40, in Esquel, Esquel, where I was going to cut over into Chile, but I wanted to find a place to camp, you know, and I was like seeing these rivers on the map, and I'm like, fuck, I gotta like, there's gotta be a place down here that like, you know, camp on the river so I can fish. Dude, I fucking found it. It was, I swear, it's probably the last spot on the river, and it's like a Uh, Literally a giant fucking facility set up for, like, giant parties of fly fishermen to show up, launch their boats, go fishing. There's fish cleaning stations. There's camping spots. There's cabanas. There's a fucking pool. There's a volleyball court and a fucking restaurant with a pool table. Now, Now, I say all that. And it's hard to be in perspective as to how far I am from, like, civilization, you know? Like, I was starting to wonder if there was just going to be a place to camp, you know? Much less a place with, like, a full-service bar and showers and cabanas. And I got my tent set up. I wish I had set it up in a, a little bit closer to the bathrooms, but whatever. I got the spot, dude. And it's... It's fucking beautiful. I think I'm um, just south of the park, the National Park of Los Las Alarsas. Aler, but I swear to you, this is like the fucking, the fly fishing spot. And if they didn't, if they took plastic, I would fucking hire a guy to take me fishing tomorrow. Uh, but they don't, they don't, they need cash. I don't even know how I'd get this much cash. The most I can pull out is 10,000 pesos at a time, and that's like $30. (laughs) Yeah, now given that'll last, you know, a day of gassing up, food, and accommodations for the night, almost, but, well, not quite, but yeah, it's, it's just a mess down here, really. All the ATM lines are just like the fucking gas lines. It's crazy. But tomorrow I'll be going through Lefu, El Espinon, and then over to Villa Santa Lucia, which is Ruta Siete. And I'll be going supposedly next to a bunch of like glaciers and shit. We'll see. The road ends at O'Higgins. But there's no way to, like, like the road literally ends at O'Higgins, and then I have to backtrack a few hundred miles uh, before I could get back over to Ruta Cuarenta to keep going south to Ushuaia. Now, when I look at the map as to how far I've gone, how far I need to go, I'm almost halfway there. But I feel like I'm just now getting to the parts that I'll probably go slower on, if that makes sense, or, like... It'll be more zigzagging, more possibilities of shit happening. I'm leaving uh, the safety of, you know, people maybe. Hell, I don't know. In fact, I don't know what I'm getting into, but I'm excited about it. And I'm excited that you sat here and listened to me tell the story of uh, the most dangerous road in Santiago, Chile, or in Chile is... Las Libertades, And as far as Argentina goes, 40. Now, 40 is so dangerous because what I read was that it's just like monotonous and there's like sand and gravel stretches and I fell asleep twice today on 40. Now maybe it's because I've been going hard. It's crazy because I fucking got a good nap in last night but it was, it was just like long, straight, monotonous stretch and and then in the middle of the day, I fucking, I get, I get sleepy, I guess. Wow. I got the map pulled up. And it's fucking, you know, it just gets greener and whiter. I'm fucking getting close, guys. It's, it's fucking crazy. I mean, it really, it's really fucking crazy. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, so, after I got done recording this one, went had dinner, you know, fucking set up camp. I I even shot a little video of all my camp shit. Will I ever put it out? Who knows? Who knows what I'll do with it, but woke up the next morning, uh, threw the fly at the water a couple more times, but the grass was killing me, dude. I just, you know... And the wind picked up quick. So I loaded my shit up, uh, ready to go cross the border into Chile. And, dude, I get back on the road, and there's, like, three more turns. And then there's a giant bridge that goes over this river. (laughs) And there's two more. There's a camp on the left and then, like, a public access point on the right. And it was so sick. It was, like, it puts you on some rocks where you could get out into the water without... Had needing waiters, and I ended up fishing for maybe two hours, dude, and caught some fucking lunkers. Just like I was seeing jump, it was so fucking awesome. Uh, I I was like, "Fuck, maybe I should just stay here tonight and cook these fucking fish." But I just let them all go, and it was amazing. Then I got to the border crossing, and it was just a gravel dirt road border crossing, and there was a shit ton of people there. Uh, Waited in line for a little bit on the Argentinian side And then went over to the Chile side And waited in another line And they're pretty serious about what comes into Chile Their customs people were pulling shit out of I mean, they were pulling shit out of everybody's vehicle We practically unloaded my whole motorcycle right there And then the guy was like, you got any drugs? And I was like, no, that's what you were looking for? Absolutely not And he was like, okay, you can go I am like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, It was pretty funny, but once I crossed back into Chile, it completely changed. Like, when I was in Argentina, it was, like, dry and, like, high desert. Like, it was crazy some of the plants that I was seeing in the areas that I was in. It was almost, like, like high desert mixed with, like, uh, the mountain range plant, I don't know, fauna, the fauna was very interesting combination, but I got over here to Chile and it just got greener and greener and I started seeing all these like more places to camp, obviously that's all, it's it's insane how they, there's just camping spots everywhere, like camping, you know, places and, and, uh, tourist attractions, like rafting was a big one, you know, and I started seeing lots of fly fishing, uh, signs, and I've, I did, there was one other guy fly fishing at the bridge. That's the only other guy I've seen fly fishing. But then as I kept going, uh, these rivers were fucking incredibly blue, like just deep blue and like really light blue. And I mean, incredible. And then you go around a couple bends and over a couple, uh, hills and there'd be like Like the river that's in front of me now it's like a dark dark green and it's crazy but the further i got into chile and once i got to route seven it felt more like uh felt more like what i've seen in alaska like from watching meat eater the clouds started coming in it's like it just feels real wet right now um and every, all the plants are just dark, dark green, and there's just fucking hills and, like, mountainous features everywhere. Like, in, you know, in the distance, you just see snow-covered, not snow, like snow-speckled uh, mountains, and it is just incredible. There's, like, a low, like, right now, I got this big river that's probably 150 yards wide, eh, maybe 100 yards wide. And then there's like a low-lying cloud on the other side of it. I can see a little, like the the hill that goes up behind it that's covered in trees. You see it behind the cloud. And then behind that, there's more clouds. But you can also see spots of a, uh, you know, some snow, pieces of snow on an even higher mountain back there. It's fucking crazy. I'm on this huge, huge, huge rock beach that was a fucking pickle getting out here. But... I did it. And uh, yesterday I came, I got to the seven and I came south a little ways, got some gas and try, couldn't find any place to get money. The ATM I found like just didn't work. So I just came and dry camped at the river. And actually on the way here, I was looking for a spot to camp on the river, just like a, you know, a primitive camping spot, I no showers or shitters or people or whatever. And and I talked to this guy I saw on the road. I stopped to look at a sign because I was not having luck finding the places, like the kind of place I wanted. So I saw a spot that looked like it had some pictures and it might be camping. But he said he was just, uh, he was just like uh, activities, like rafting and fishing. And I was like, oh, fishing? Then I, I showed him my fly rig on the back. And I was like, man, I'm looking for a place to camp. And fish, you know, I don't need anything else. I got water and food and flies. And he goes, he kind of looks side to side and he goes, okay, I got you. He's like, go down this road two more kilometers and then hang a right. And go like a kilometer more. I'm like, okay. And I did just that. And I get down the second road another kilometer and I come to this gate. And it definitely was closed with a rope on it. But there was no lock. And I just opened the gate up, and then, bam, I'm on this fucking huge beach. uh, Just of rocks, of every shape and size. And, uh, you know, I fucking set my stuff down, jumped in my fucking shorts, and got in my sandals, and put the fly in the water, and bam! I was like, fuck! I wanted to fish a little bit longer, but I don't need much more than one fish, you know, or I don't need more than one fish to eat. So I just let him go. I'm like, surely I can do that again. And then, fuck, I couldn't catch another one for a minute. And then, bam, finally I got another one. I'm like, okay, this is a good size one, but maybe I could eat two. You know, I didn't want to let this one go, but uh, I didn't want to stop fishing either. So I made a little stringer. I went ahead and just fucking uh, gutted him and... And then just I, I wasn't gonna <clears throat> hang the stringer in the water or on a branch, but I like there's a bunch of birds flying around. I was like, man, I'm not trying to lose this motherfucker." So I just hung him off my, my knife made by Nick, the same knife I cleaned the motherfucker with, and, uh, and then just kept fishing and fishing and fishing and, and then I wasn't catching anything else. So I was like, "Fuck, now I'm running out of time to make a fire. It was like eight o'clock or something. And they're still light out, and I started gathering wood, and I just made a small little fire right next to my tent. Uh, they used the tent as, like, a wind block because it was pretty windy and just cooked them on some fucking sticks, and it was incredible. It was fucking incredible. And then I I started listening to the Blood Meridian again, and that was kind of, that was, that was my night. That was my night. Now it's uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, Almost 7.30, 7.29, and fixing to roll all my shit up, finish drinking this coffee, and get back on the road and head south down Route 7 in Patagonia on the Chilean side. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, everybody that supports the show through DangerDanceTalkShop.com, that meaning the patrons themselves and the beautiful companies that get behind me and give me rad things to give away. Like uh, Knives Made by Nick, uh, Lowbrow Customs, Motorcycle Sherpa, just to name a few. MCShopTees.com. You need to go sign up now if you want to get next month's featured shirt, which is a shop from Texas called Jackson's Choppers. Yeah, you may have heard of them. Uh, it's it's and the artwork, sick, easy, knocked it out of the park. Um, if you're not signed up yet and... You wanted a JR Cycles product T-shirt? Too bad, dude. You gotta, you gotta get signed up. You know, like once you see these shirts, that's it. You can't have one. Uh, it's just how the program works. Now, uh, one time a year, I do do a leftover sale for subscribers only. So, gotta get subscribed. Anyhow, see you in Milwaukee.